I lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country. Maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over there. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. So just as I say we aren't going to let any dogs or water hoses turn us around, we aren't going to let any injunction turn us around. You is a very fluid concept right now. It's culture and film and art. It's music and interesting books. It's conversations and eavesdroppings. It's the impact of friends and complete strangers. The stuff that gets into the cracks of your life and makes you who you are. It's an attention collection. You already have one. The question is, how are you using it? Hi friends, Anthony here. What you just listened to, you probably already know, is from Dr. King's final speech delivered just before he was murdered in Memphis, Tennessee, on April 4th, 1968. If you listen to that speech in its entirety, especially knowing the fate that would befall the brave man behind the microphone, it's chilling. It's almost eerie to listen to, because there's a knowingness in his voice. Listening to the speech, it's as if he knew what was just around the corner. The world remembers Dr. King for his iconic I Have a Dream speech, and rightly so. It's a masterpiece. But the I've Been to the Mountaintop speech features the leader I believe we've largely forgotten. It's the clarion call of a man who's seen a few things. A leader who has walked through the valley of the shadow of death and emerged refusing to fear its sting. And while he maintained his desire for peace, and love, there's an undeniable sharpness to his words in that speech. We hear the voice of a man who loves America very much, but like hip-hop artist Propaganda has said, he demands she keep her promises. Promises of liberty and justice, not just for the few, but for all. He's just asking for people of color to enjoy the same freedoms white men have always enjoyed in the land that became the United States. It is so inspiring to scroll through social media on MLK Day every year. To see a timeline full of black excellence and inspiration, Dr. King is one of the most quotable figures in human history. And we prove that with every quote stamped on a photo. Things like, hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. The time is always right to do what is right. Or how about this one? Life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? I could quote a hundred or more of those. Not bad 
for a communist liar once known as the most dangerous man in America. On one level, isn't it difficult to revisit the quotes I just read and realize that they came from someone who was seen as one of the most notorious people of the 1960s? But then again, it's not that hard to imagine, right? He was a black man in America. And contrary to the whitewashed persona we've now given him, he wasn't going around the country performing nursery rhymes. He wasn't sitting around with a notepad, dreaming up tweetable phrases. That's not what he was doing. He was challenging the status quo. He was actively speaking truth to power wherever he went. And perhaps most offensive of all, he was marching around the nation like a building inspector, looking for cracks in the foundation. Spoiler alert, he found a few. And so then what did he do? Like an Old Testament prophet, he didn't hesitate to tell everyone who would listen what he uncovered. He spoke against blatantly racist laws. He challenged the American involvement in the Vietnam War. He even tried to educate impoverished white people about how they were getting trapped inside a similar nightmare. Yes, he spoke about these things with dignity and grace, but he spoke very clearly wherever he went to whomever would listen. And today, We've preserved his call for love and fairness. We've done a pretty good job with that. We like those songs. But here's a couple tracks we've skipped over. Here's a quote from Dr. King. True compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar. It comes to see that an edifice which produces beggars needs restructuring. With that one line, he moves our focus from the symptoms of our sickness and asks us to locate the disease. He isn't criticizing charity, but he is asking us to consider why charities have to exist in the first place. Have you ever thought about that? Why do we live in a society with billionaire net worths in the hundreds of billions and people simultaneously live without access to clean drinking water in this country? We live in a country that spends millions of dollars every year recruiting young men and women to risk their lives. But when they return home missing limbs, these soldiers we call heroes have to rely on charitable organizations to pay for their medical care, to pay for housing. Someone make that make sense for me. The truth is we can't. And these are just a few of the structural issues Dr. King was pointing out whenever he got the chance. Or what about this song that never makes the playlist? Our only hope today lies in our ability to recapture the revolutionary spirit and go out into a sometimes hostile world declaring eternal hostility to poverty, racism, and militarism. I mean, that's Dr. King? Can you picture that quote on a Pinterest board? Like, can you picture stumbling on that poster while you're scrolling through Etsy? It's never gonna happen. And therein lies our complicated relationship with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yes, he was a man of remarkable patience, an advocate of nonviolent, peaceful resistance. That isn't even up for debate. But think about that last quote, just for a second. 
walking into a sometimes hostile world, declaring eternal hostility to poverty, racism, and militarism. What would that look like if we declared war on poverty, racism, and militarism? The answer is a little uncomfortable. It wouldn't look like America at least not the one we've come to know. And that is why the Reverend Doctor lost his life on that balcony in Memphis. Wasn't because he was a nice guy. I talk all the time on this podcast about the things that shape us as individuals and collectively. Dr. King is part of our attention collections. That's almost a given at this point. My fear, though, is that we're being shaped by a caricature of this man. We're being formed by the refrigerator magnet version of MLK. The pull quote, not the whole person. He was peaceful, respectful, a dignified gentleman. But don't get it twisted. He was a revolutionary. He stood for things most of us are too scared to sit for. And while he absolutely condemned a war waged on foreign soil, he championed an all-out war on injustice and indignity right until his dying breath. So if we truly want to honor his legacy, let's include the whole thing. Let's not turn his story into the Jefferson Bible by cutting out the parts we don't like the elements that make us question who we are, who we've been, and who we're becoming. Because, and I quote, our only hope today lies in our ability to recapture the revolutionary spirit. Rest in peace, yes, but rest in power, King.